0: Well, this morning, we're gonna jump into the Word of God. We just read it, and I think there's something special. There's always something special we can pull, but specifically this morning, the Word of the Lord, I, I just am excited. Been sitting on it, I've been meditating on it, and believe that God wants to speak something specific for us. As we gear up and head towards next week, as we gear up and head towards this thought of, Lord, what do you wanna do? What's this, this word revival? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for Radiant Life Church? And even more than that, what does it mean for Chris Gross and you throw your name in it for you? What does revival mean? Now, when I think of revival, and maybe you do too, sometimes you think of revival as what happens specifically at an altar time. Uh, Maybe you think of uh, back when I was a kid, Brownsville Revival. We went multiple times to Brownsville in Florida. It was amazing. We experienced Jesus. We had just encounters with the Lord. And that would, I would definitely say Brownsville, it was called the Brownsville revival. Uh, it was a revival. What just has been happening at Asbury, where for multiple weeks, praying, worshiping, seeking Jesus, 24, 7,000s of people. In fact, estimates I've seen of over maybe 100,000 people that went in the last few weeks to be a part of that revival, people just repenting. Uh, Sometimes they're planned. Maybe you've grown up and you've heard of, we're gonna have revival services, and that's like a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Uh, Whatever it looks like, it's not actually about a location. It's not about what it is. It's not about how it is. Revival is when something within you is revived. Something within you is renewed. Something within then the greater church renewed and made whole. Some people in the room might say revival, isn't that when people act weird and do silly things? Anybody, I see some laughing faces in the room. Sometimes, in fact, I like to use the word wooey. That's like, like woo. You know, like uh, sometimes people do wooey things. You know what? People are weird. That's why they do weird things, Uh, wooey things, right? Have you ever been around somebody weird, and in fact, someone, I almost guarantee you, thinks you're weird, so it's okay. Sometimes weird things happen, but revival is not, and we're not seeking weird things to happen. In fact, I can be honest with you, I'd prefer no weird things to happen. I'm just being weird, real. I don't, or maybe weird too. I don't need weird, like, I don't need any of that. But I also am just fine if a couple weird things, or I would soften it a little wooey things happen. Like, that's a little extra. I'm all right if there's a little extra if God is poured out. I'm all right if somebody has a response that maybe I wouldn't naturally have myself if God is being poured out. And a wooey thing doesn't make it a non-godly thing. It just means someone responded to the Lord different than you would want it, or maybe even I would want it but I wanna be in the presence of Jesus where he makes me new and whole and revives me. And as a church family, that's what I pray every single Sunday and Wednesday and Friday and time we get together. And when you're in your own word at home and you're worshiping, I pray you wanna be revived. I pray you want revival, whether it's some revival service we schedule or a service time next Sunday morning, that doesn't even matter. But revival is getting with Jesus and letting Jesus change our lives. And I pray and believe that that's what we are hungering for, the United States of America, the church of the United States of America is hungry for something different because we've been, eh, for way too long as the church. And there's no more, eh, in the kingdom of God. I believe he's calling us to something new. And to be real in the house, I think there's some people that you'd say, if I'm being real, I've kind of feel that, eh, in my spiritual walk personally. And I'm praying and believing that God is going to revive that, that no longer will it be. And whether you're a super outgoing worshiper, outgoing person, or whether an internal thing, that God is gonna turn a bland eh, sort of a walk with God into something powerful and mighty where you are being used by him and he's taking you from where you were to where he's called you to be. And it's just a continual process. I look more like Jesus. I talk more like Jesus. I act more like Jesus. And this morning, the, the scriptures that we uh, looked at, I believe are for our church and for our country truly uh, of where we have been uh, in some ways, in some aspects, in some parts of us maybe individually as a church or as the American church. but. God has something way more than just where we've been. Even if you've been in a really great spot with the Lord, can I tell you today, I hope God's got more for you than where you are now. Don't settle with okay or with good. Let's go way beyond that and keep going after Jesus. So wherever you are today, God has more for you. He wants to continue his work in you. He wants to continue to use you. Now, Isaiah chapter 40 is at an interesting spot in the book of Isaiah. In fact, if we think about this, uh, the the last 39 chapters before it, uh, it's not exactly like, woo, like comfort, comfort is the first two words. It's the opposite of comfort that's going on before this. In fact, there's scholars who would almost be like, this could be its own book, like a different part. At least it's like part two of the book of Isaiah, Uh, the first, 39 chapters are basically threats from other people. There are things that they're gonna be facing. Their surrounding nations are gonna come against them. You could say in a spiritual way, the spiritual world, there's attacks happening to the people of God. We could throw it in. There's attacks happening to the church. There's attacks happening. And if you wanna put ourselves into this spot, anybody think that right now there is spiritual attack, there's blatant attack against the church, All you have to do is turn on the TV at any moment, almost in any day on almost any channel. And you can see direct against the word of God, whether it be a kid show, an adult show, whether it be news, whether it be whatever, our culture and our society is going farther away from the word of God into some other thing that people are calling love for one another. There's something that we're missing as a society as we turn our back on the word of God. And now if we stand to the truth of the word of God, it's almost no longer acceptable. In fact, some areas it isn't acceptable. What do we do when we feel like those first 39 chapters, things are coming against us? And in fact, in the United States of America, the church denominational all across America, there are churches that are going away from the word of God and are going with society. There are churches that are going away from the truth of what God created you and I to be so that they can reach more people. But once we go away from the word of God, we're no longer reaching anybody. And what do we do with this as a people? What does revival look like Revival is when we get back to the word and we no longer care what anybody else thinks about what God has called us and who God has called us to be. And it's a place where it's, it's easy and it can be exciting. And there's some in the room that I love it. You're like, come on. And there's other in the room that you're probably like, I'm a little uncomfortable. What do we, like, what do we do? How, I don't even know what to do with this. And that's the place I feel in Isaiah, they were in. They were, it, it was not looking good. The words that were spoken were not good. In America, I think we could say, it just seems difficult, we don't know. Well, I'm here to say, and God is speaking in chapter 40, that there's comfort. There's comfort ahead, that he's gonna move again, that revival's gonna fall. And what happens at Asbury or all these colleges in Gen Z, things that have been spoken that we believe we're seeing take place, Church, we can see that right here. We can see that in our country. We can see a turn from uh, from just being away from the things of God to coming back to saying, no, the word of God is real. And what seems like it's too far gone, we can't do it. There's there's something in our, no, there we can see revival. We can see Jesus come. But the key that I think Isaiah is speaking all throughout is that God is the only one who is trustworthy in your life. He is speaking of all these things that are not good, of all these things that are gonna happen that are bad, of all these things that did happen that are bad, but it always goes back to God is trustworthy. And for revival to fall upon his people, we must believe and come to the Lord in a way where we say, you know what, God, you're trustworthy. You know what, God, if I didn't see in the past exactly what I wanted, Lord, I can still trust you. Lord, if I'm in captivity in some way, Lord, I can still trust you. Lord, if it seems like I'm never gonna be, re- be released from Babylon here, Lord, I can trust you. You're the only one that can get me where I need to be. And we can feel quite secure that he's the only one that can change America. He's the only one that can change the church. He's the only one that can change you and I no self-help book, no special willpower. You might be able to quit doing something for a time, but you cannot be changed except the trustworthy one and letting him move in your life. As we look through these verses, I believe God's gonna speak a few things of what revival leads us to. Like, why do we want revival? Why would we come and spend two and a half hours, which is just a period of time, but on a Sunday morning, like my hour and 15 or 20 is good enough? Like, why would we want more? Why do we want to have God move? Because I believe revival, it leads to a realization. Those first couple verses, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. There's something when we begin to realize. Church, that you don't have to take all of the issues and problems and things that you've done and hold them on your own, and you're not God, that God is God. When I begin to say, no, I find my comfort in God, not because I have lived the perfect life, because the word of God And we know you, you haven't lived the perfect life, right? I haven't lived the perfect life. So Lord, I don't have to worry about it. I get to let you give me comfort, you give me strength. I realize that you are the only trustworthy one in my life. That when I get this, it gives freedom. And when I get in the presence of Jesus, when I get at his feet, when I come to the altar, when I lay myself down before him, church, all of a sudden I begin to realize Wherever I am and whatever is happening and whatever the situation is today, God can be your God, because he is. God can be your deliverer. God can set you free. God can heal you and restore you. God can fix your marriage. God can heal America. God can put our world back together. God is the only one that can do it. Comfort. It doesn't say it once but twice. Comfort, comfort. My people, says your God. Revival is about a realization of who he is. And revival comes as we realize the Lord and experience Jesus. That's why next week we're just gonna come and settle in. We're gonna let him speak. We're gonna let him lead the service. We'll have some plans, but we're gonna let God move. What's he wanna do? And I wanna encourage you, come in that same way. Come in a way where you're like, Lord, whatever you want to do, however you want to speak, whatever you wanna do in my life, I'm in. And you know what? You have to be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable. Not, you don't have to be weird, you don't have to be wooey, but I've found that almost every single time that I let God speak in my life or move in my life or show up in my life, he almost never does it how I would have him do it. He almost never does it in the way that I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the, the way or the thing. No, when you come and put yourself at his feet, he moves in a different way than you would ever think. Because you're not God, he's God. If you had the plan for your life, you wouldn't need him, but he has the plan for your life. And can we be a church that this week we go after him, Lord, I just wanna experience you and I'm gonna realize who you are more, because Jesus is all about you. Revival leads to a realization. Revival leads to repentance. It goes on in verse three, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And when we begin to think about this, these, these plains being made new, the every mountain and hill being made low, the uneven ground should become level. What is this what is this talking about? It's talking about repentance. It's talking about in our life what should not be, what's out of the way, what's not as it should look that it is made right, it's made whole, it's brought to fruition, it comes to pass. In fact, when it mentions the highway, many would say that, uh, like in old time, they would literally make a king's highway. When you're going to war, you have to get all that stuff and all those people and all the, the equipment to where you need to go. And sometimes they would literally make a highway that the king, and when it came time, they were able to go on that road because they had done the work. And there's something about realizing, Lord, I'm not only expecting you to move and me be who I was and stay the same. In fact, that makes no sense whatsoever. But Lord, I'm gonna put the work in. I'm gonna build the road. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of the mountain that shouldn't be, the valley, we're gonna make it flat. What wasn't good, we're gonna make into a, a, a space for our God to move. And if we want to experience him, we have to realize Jesus matters more. We have to realize it's all about God and what he wants to do in our life. And then we have to come to a place where we're good, saying, Lord, I have sinned. Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, would you make me new? In fact, next week, we're gonna have uh, just opportunity to confess one to another. We're gonna have opportunity to come and to pray. And maybe, maybe you haven't found freedom in your life because you've never asked anybody to believe with you. Maybe you've never asked God to do a miracle and not only try to get out of whatever it is, but instead let God work with you and apart. And it's time to repent. It's time to lay it down. It's time to say, Lord, it's not about how good I am because I'm not, but Lord, it's about how good you are. And therefore, Lord, take everything out of me that should not be. It's not, well, this is just how I am. No, your anger is not of God. So let's get rid of it. Your, your gossiping toning is not of God. So let's get rid of it. The relationship with your spouse or somebody, that's not how God would do it. So let's change that and let God make us new, but we've gotta be willing to repent and lay it down at his feet. What I look at with my eyes, what I allow in my mind, what I watch or what I partake in, Lord, it's not good. If it's not good, I'm gonna lay it down before you and then I'm gonna step up and walk a different direction than I came in. If we want revival and when revival comes, repentance is always, at the forefront. The Asbury revival, what God has been doing, it's people coming and saying, Lord, forgive me. It doesn't have anything to do with lights or sound or a great plan, because it sounds like they've just been kind of going, whatever it is. In fact, if you think, or if I think, or if anybody thinks that lights or comfortable seats or any of that stuff has anything to do with God moving, we would be incredibly mistaken. Revival, is when people start saying, Lord, you are more important. And I lay it all down and we start repenting. We start seeing Jesus for who he is, the one that changes us and molds us and makes us. We start saying, oh Lord, church isn't about me. It's not about what I want. It's not, no, church coming together as a family is about encouraging and lifting up your name and praising you and glorifying you and then letting you change Me, so I look different and I act different. And that's today, if you're the youngest person in the room or if you're the oldest person in the room, today God has something for you. Is there something we can look more like him? Is there something we can offer him? Let's do it today. Let's walk in revival. Your only hope is God breaking in. And there's something about realizing, Lord, I can't do it. Only if you break in is anything gonna change. And I believe in our country, how are we gonna have real change? Only if God cracks open heaven and pours out his spirit and his church repents and his church comes back to him and the world sees a church that is real and that is passionate about their God. And the world says, I want what that is. I want that what that's a part of. And as God convicts, then they'll look different and act different like we look different and act different. Revival takes place. That is how change comes when God breaks in. You know, in that same vein, revival will come with the manifestation of his reality when I say that so often we live in our reality in fact everyone in the room you probably do a pretty good job of living in your reality maybe you struggle your mind tells you things maybe from your past maybe people have said things maybe you hear things over and over in your mind that you know are not what you should have be there but it is there Maybe you struggle uh, with whatever it is, whatever you are given, maybe by your parents. Uh, We struggle with the reality of our life. We struggle with how we think. We struggle with what we do. But when revival comes, we no longer live in our own reality, but the manifestation of His reality in our life, which means I no longer take what people have called me as who I am. I take who He has called me, that's who I am. That means when people give me a diagnosis or state something over me or call me something, I no longer take my diagnosis as who I am. I say, Lord, you have called me, you are, are mine and I am yours, I'm your child, and today I will not be called that, I am yours. And something happens when revival comes in us and we say, Lord, I'm not those things. And I wanna speak today maybe over somebody Maybe you have cancer. Maybe you have things that they say can't go away. Maybe you've been diagnosed with anxiety or depression or whatever things you wanna put. I wanna say that God doesn't look at you and say, oh, that's the one with depression. That's who they are. That's a you thing. That's a devil thing. That's a us thing. But God looks at you and says, you are a child of the most high. You are seated with him in heavenly places. And it's time for his church to stop calling ourselves and labeling ourselves things of the earth and instead start walking in his reality. Now we may have things we have to walk through and struggle through, and we're believing that God will just heal it. In fact, later on, we're gonna be at the altar. Let's believe God's just gonna heal some stuff. Next Sunday morning, we're believe God's just gonna heal some stuff. If he chooses not to for anybody in the room, then we're not gonna leave and say, well, I guess I'm just, You fill in the blank of your name. No, you are not. You're not depressed. You are a child of God. You're gonna be joyful in Him. You're gonna be in His reality. And as you walk in his reality, you're gonna watch him bring healing and wholeness to you. And no longer am I that, no longer am I stupid or whatever someone called you that you hear in your mind. No matter, no, no longer are you that name or that diagnosis, but you are a child of God and you're gonna live like a child of God. Cause those who experience Jesus, those who find true repentance, those who experience the power of who he is in their life, church, Those that experience revival, who cares about all that other stuff? Jesus, I live for you. I walk in you. And in fact, somebody in the room needs to hear it. No matter what you've done, the sin you've been a part of, the things that you feel have taken you out of being able to use by God, you are here today. You are being called by God and nothing from your past is gonna hold you back from your future. When you walk in the revival of God, the power of God, the love of God, the word of God, Church, your future is bright, it's new, it's whole. Let's give it to Jesus, walk in his reality. Third thing today is revival leads to the word. Verse six through eight, go a voice says cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of God blows on it. Surely the people, our grass. Now, real fast, in this part uh, there was this special wind that could happen in Israel and uh, kind of crazy, but it would be green grass, flowers, it could be all over the place. And in a instant, almost 36 hours to 48 hours, this hot wind could come and blow in and what was green and what was vibrant and what was beautiful flowers could go from green and vibrant and beautiful to dead in like 48 hour period. We might have that, but normally it takes a little bit longer than that. And so the people could have been thinking about this when this is spoken, what seemed good. In fact, has anybody in the room ever been in a spot where life seemed good, it seemed easy, you had the job, you had the car, you had the house, whatever your things are that you had. And then all of a sudden in 48 hours, everything looks different. There's many in the room, you've experienced those moments. We're like, what happened? Well, the grass withers, the flower fades, but it doesn't stop there. It says, but the word of God will stand forever. The word of God is the only thing that's not gonna fade. The word of God is the only thing that's not gonna fail you. The word of God is the only thing that's gonna see you through to the other side. And revival always leads to the word. It leads to repentance, it leads to a realization of Jesus, and it leads to the Word of God. And in our country, in this moment of time, in a time when we struggle with things like sexuality, and if we're boys and girls, and things that are not the created way, the design of our Father, How do we get to the other side? How do we get to where truth is truth once again? It's by being revived and letting the word of God lead and guide and direct and bring wholeness, not what I feel and what I struggle with and what I, in my own self, have a problem with. It's when culture no longer wins in my life, but the word of God wins in my life. And in a room like this, there could be various areas where we'd say, well, I don't believe that, or I don't like that, or I don't think that. And I wanna go back to, I don't care what you think or what I think or what you think, what does the word of God say? And when the word of God speaks, it doesn't matter what I feel or what my emotions are, or even what my past experience has been, the word of God always wins. And when revival happens, you see God, you repent and you come back to this word of God as the basis, a biblical worldview. What does the Bible say? We ask and we study and we look and Lord, would you speak? Holy Spirit helps us go outside of our own things, our own past, our own experience. And we think of revival I'm not necessarily, although we're gonna be at the altar. In fact, I'm gonna ask you all here in a few minutes to come to the altar and to worship together and to go after Jesus together. But it's not about an altar time. It's about a group of people who start loving the word of God, loving Jesus more than our own things and our own vices and our own sin that we enjoy. And we say, I don't want any of that anymore. I wanna give it all to you. Repent, I repent of it all because the word of God becomes real. That's what revival is all about. If we have all of these great Facebook videos and worship clips and people singing in Times Square and God moving at Asbury and all these other colleges and Cedarville and different places, but it doesn't get people to the word of God, it's a complete and utter waste. And it was just fun to watch. That's the best it is. But when revival leads us to repentance and to the word, then everything's different for us and for the people that we come in contact with because we live different and look different and act different. We walk different because the word has changed us. Jesus has changed us. Revival comes through the spirit speaking the eternal word of life. Church, that's what we are called. That's what we're called to be a part of the word of God. And the last thing before we spend some time at the altar is revival leads you to the world. Revival is not about what happens inside of a building or inside of a college auditorium or wherever people get together. Revival is about what takes place in us so that we go and look different and tell the world about who Jesus is. Revival is ascending thing. It's about, Lord, revive, make new, so I can be your hands and feet. And the last few verses of what we read, go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and he gently lead those that are with young. What's it say over and over again? Herald of good news, herald of good news. Fear not, speak it out, behold your God. When the people of God experience revival, they experience God being poured out. They experience heaven cracking open and just his power and his presence. We don't stay quiet. We don't keep it to ourselves. We don't say, well, that's fun. I really hope we get to do that next time or next week, or I hope next time I'm sick, he heals, or next time whatever. It's not like some genie sort of, it's the opposite. It's Lord, now that we've been recharged, let's go. Now that we've been revived, let's go. Now that we've been revived, let's make our school or our workplace or the places we go for entertainment. And maybe our place of entertainment look different now because I've repented, I don't know, who knows. But we look different and we take Jesus to our world. That's what we are called to do. And next week, we're gonna, as we've said, have two and a half hours, we're gonna spend time. Once again, if you're here and you're like, I don't know about that, that seems longer than I've ever been at church service, I promise you, if you come and let Jesus speak, he's gonna show up in some way. Two and a half hours isn't gonna seem that long when it comes right down to it. And I promise you that maybe somebody will do something weird. Maybe somebody will do something wooey but that's not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is Jesus cracking up heaven. And we're looking for you and I to get on our knees and to realize him in a new way. We're looking for you and I to get on our knees and repent and cry out to him. We're looking for you and I to get in a place where the word of God becomes real and powerful in a new way in us. We're looking for a place where you and I then are in charged up that next week, this week, the next week should be the best week. Doesn't mean there won't be attack. In fact a church going after Jesus. Devil's not a big fan of that. It's not just staying in the the norm. There might be attack, but when you take the goodness of God to your world, we're gonna make a bigger impact after this Sunday and then after next Sunday than before. Why? Because we've been with Jesus, because we've been at the altar, because we've let revival take hold in our life and we look different. And now we can't not talk about him. So this week, Lord, who maybe should I bring next week? This week, Lord, who could I encourage? This week, Lord, who could you send me to? This week, what do you want me to do? I begin to think different because it's not about making money at my job anymore, but Lord, I'm called to be the pastor of that place. Wherever you work nationwide, be the pastor at Nationwide on your floor. Don't just go, Somebody's gonna pastor it in some way. Why don't you pastor it to the kingdom of God? Why don't you be the prayer warrior that that floor needs? Why don't you be the prayer warrior that the person on the other side of that cubicle wall needs? That's what happens when revival takes place. you start to feel him, you start to experience him. You get to have some moments with him and come on, I love a good moment with Jesus more than anything else, but not so I can leave it here, but so I can go be Jesus to my world. It's where we're called to. And this morning, maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. He is so good, because all you have to do is ask him, Lord, forgive me, make me new, I repent of the past, make you the Lord of my life. Whatever words you wanna use, you offer your life to him. Ask for forgiveness and he welcomes you in. As a son, as a daughter, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, however far you've ran or whatever your situation is, Today, he welcomes you in. And in fact, the word says that all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to know him. So if in the quiet of your heart, you ask him, or you come up to me, hey, I wanna know Jesus. That means heaven is having a party because of you. And there's nothing better than that. And so if today you need Jesus, would you ask him? Would you, don't leave this place without giving him your heart. And then for every one of us today, could we invite Jesus? to bring revival to our life. Can we invite Jesus? Lord, I wanna see you more. I wanna know you more. I wanna have a realization of who you are. Lord, I wanna repent. Is there anything in your life you need to give away? You need to lay down at the altar. We're gonna come to the altar. Give it to him. Maybe you need to kneel at the stairs or at the altar. Maybe you need to lay down before him. Maybe you need to stand. I don't know, but would you give him that thing? Is there an area in your life where the word is not the top, where if you're real, I enjoy my own thing a little bit more than what the word would lead me to do. Do you struggle with cultural things right now? Do we need to put the word back at the top? If so, today, let the word, let the word guide and lead, hold on to the word, commit yourself to the word of God over anything else. And then we can all pray that we'll be sent out. So right now all over this room, if we could stand to our feet, I'm inviting everybody Just come join us. If you're able, come join us at the front. Press in, we're gonna worship. We're gonna go after the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're gonna praise Him. And in fact, we're gonna sing a couple of songs this morning. And the first one is a song called Your Nature. And I listened to it over and over and over and over again on the airplane, coming back from overseas. And I believe it's a word for some people in the house today. It's God's nature he's gonna touch you and heal you. It's God's nature he's gonna make you whole. It's God's nature that what was is not gonna be anymore. Streams of river of life are coming your way. So this morning, let's go after the Lord. Let's let his goodness and his power be poured out. Let's let revival take hold in our lives so we can be sent. So let's worship him. As this is sung over you today, receive it receive it let the word of God be made new let him heal restore lift you up today whatever it is you're asking him for today go all in with Jesus let's let's meet at the front let's meet at the altar and let's worship Jesus today amen amen Amen. come on let's give the Lord a clap this morning a shout this morning we worship you Jesus thank you Lord Our God is good, what a way to close out our morning. Thank you, Matt, for being led by the Lord. And church, let's go. Let's go share Jesus with our world. Let's go talk to people about Jesus. Let's go live our lives like he's forgiven us, like we've left it at the altar, because we have. Today, church, God is calling you to be his hands and feet. Love you all so much. Just a reminder, one more time, next Sunday morning, We're gonna have a service from 930 to noon. We're gonna see what God does. We're gonna see where God takes us, but I believe he's gonna heal and touch and restore and just continue what he's been doing the last couple weeks. Bring somebody with you. It's gonna be a powerful morning. Don't come alone. Let's fill the house and see just what God might do. We love you all. Thank you for being here, Radiant Life, for worshiping Jesus. I'm excited. We have life groups between now and next Sunday morning and midweek, come join us as we talk about our trip that we just had and pray over uh, the nations around the world on Wednesday night. But next Sunday morning, it's gonna be something special. I believe God's gonna move. Love you all. This week, Radiant Life, be careful what you watch, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. See you next week.